And welcome to 2024. And I want to start off this morning by um, sharing some highlights of some things um, from last year. And um, the, the first thing is we, we bought a building. That's a pretty big uh, highlight after uh, so long. So uh, that was big. Um, and, you know, I, having a building comes with uh, its, its own challenges and, and rewards and, and things. It's been and really good to come in here. And then we, of course, we had to wait for, uh, seemed like a whole year in a few months to get chairs. And now we have chairs and it just looks better in here. Doesn't it look more like a church when you come in? Uh, and a uh, little less like a flea market um, when you walk in the door. Um, so <laughs> it is still Christmas. It is still Christmas. Um, so uh, anyway, it's been, you know, the challenges. We're working on things and, and doing things. But um, since August, we brought on Aaron Burden to handle uh, events and things. And um, I think she's done a great job. We've had uh, really cool things like Minute to Win It. Uh, which, by the way, uh, championships for that are going to be held on the 21st. So those of you who were winners in 2023, you're going to be head-to-head uh, -head cage match, right? Um, up here on the stage, we're going to have a cage and gloves and everything, and it'll be fine. Um, so we're going to be doing that. Uh, and then, um, man, she, she uh, scheduled like the Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas decorating. Which, by the way, we're gonna have to do another Thanksgiving dinner because wasn't that the weekend that we had like 16 inches of snow and like there are 20 people here or something? And um, anyway, I was good. I mean, we all had food and it was it was fine, but it would have been fun to have everybody here. So we'll um, we'll do that again. And then we got the building uh, decorated for Christmas and then um, Christmas Eve, uh, all the Christmas stuff and the Christmas Eve service. Just went really good. We also brought on um, Ray to help. He, he's the tall guy up here. Can't tell the difference between Joe and Lisa. Um, and uh, sorry, sorry, buddy. Uh, Ray brought Ray on as like building and grounds. And so um, he personally has been a huge encouragement to me because he's been around and been helping organize and get things done and working on um, things and organized several uh, work days and um, just been really, really good and helpful as we work through the process and been doing things like keeping the propane um, tanks filled. So that is uh, good. And those were just additions to, to the staff, like um, Amber and Sheila and Pam and, um, and, and Tristan uh, and, and their teams, like they just continued to, to do their thing and, and serve God and serve us. And, and we had a really good, uh, really good year. Got a lot of stuff um, done. In 2023, we averaged attendance-wide uh, for the whole year, we averaged 115 on Sundays. And in the 21 weeks since we moved into this building, so since the 1st of August, 10 of those 21 weeks, we've had over 120 in attendance. And then one of those weeks on November 12th, we hit 148. And we, we would have been 150, but the Halpins were gone that weekend. <laughs> so I remember that because I remember thinking, we'd have, we'd have had 150. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not blaming anybody, but it's the Halpins' fault. Uh, and, and, and I don't know if you looked around, I, I didn't get a count on, um, on Christmas Eve, 
But we had, this place was packed Christmas. I think it was probably the largest Christmas Eve service we've ever had. So that was really, um, really cool. Good way to end the year. And then on, kind of as a cherry on top of the year, um, we saw six people go public with their faith last year in um, water baptism. And we got to be a part of that. And that is awesome, especially when you consider that the national average for baptisms in a year in a church is one. Um, and so we, we've got six and that, um, you know, for our 16 years of being a church, um, we're, we're well over 150 um, baptisms. We average about 10 um, a year. So that's really, uh, really awesome thing. And, and that stuff just like just normal um, things that happen, right? We keep track of every year, but there's more. Uh, together on average last year, uh, we all together gave about $2,930 a week um, to God through the church here. And that was a, a total of, uh, if, I don't know if you're a math person, DJ probably has already figured this out, but I can't do that. So I have to work it out. Um, so 2,930 um, a week uh, is $141,300 um, you gave last year. And that excites me because our budget was 140. So you give over that. Uh, $1,300. <laughs> so good job. Way to go. Um, and that's not even the best part of it. The best part is on top of the $141,300, you also gave another $15,770 over your regular uh, weekend Sunday giving to things like um, chairs and paint and a whole new live streaming um, system, which, which means in, in total last year, real life, uh, people gave $157,070. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thanks for giving to real life because um, we could not have done the things that we did this last year without your generosity, like buying a building. Uh, and then putting gas in the tank so it's warm in here uh, on Sunday mornings when we, when we come. So, um, so thank you. So there's a little bit of a recap from 2023. Now this year, we have set a, a budget of $160,000 and I'm gonna share with you a little bit about um, how that breaks down. I'm gonna use a dollar, so it's percentages or cents from every dollar as we go through it. Um, so for 2024, about 28% or 28 cents of every dollar of our budget is going to facilities. So things like um, we, have a, we have a building that we have to keep going. So our mortgage payment, um, uh, building maintenance, snow remo removal, utilities like the propane we just had to have filled again this last week, um, that are all part of that um, line item. So 28 cents of every dollar that you give just goes to facility stuff, just like keeping this place up and, and running. And, and we do um, do our best during the week when we're not using sections of the building, you know, we adjust the heat and all that kind of stuff. Um, so we're trying to be good stewards of that uh, throughout the week. So 28 cents of every dollar goes to facilities. Um, nine cents of every dollar goes to administration. So office equipment and the supplies and paper and the website and all the behind the scenes stuff that allows us to do what we do um, during the week and, and on weekends. So nine cents of every dollar goes to that. 
11 cents of every dollar is um, what we call direct ministry. So life kids, students, events, worship, preaching and teachings of all of that kind of stuff, um, wherever we're direct ministry in the lives of people. Um, uh, 43, excuse me, 43 cents uh, uh, of every dollar, it's budgeted to personnel. So we have um, four paid staff um, here at the church. And uh, so that covers all of that stuff. Um, But by the way, because sometimes we don't understand the, the numbers, the national average among churches for staff in a church is 50 to 60%. Is, is where most churches are in, in that. So um, we're under that. Uh, and then uh, nine cents uh, right now at the beginning of the year is earmarked to um, missions. So nine cents of every dollar you give uh, goes to missions. And, and the way we do that is we give like a fixed amount every month to uh, Nexus. There are church planning partners down in Texas and they plant churches all over the country. Um, and then we also give a fixed portion to Lee and Tina Swanda, our missionaries that have, we've been supporting them um, for a, a really long time. I think we've been a church for, this will be 17 years this year. And so for almost 16 years, we've been supporting them. And so Lee and Tina are in uh, Germany. They oversee about seven different nations and church plants within those, um, within those seven countries in, in Europe. Um, and so we do that. Benevolence is a part of that line item as well. And so the hope is, uh, or, or the plan, the goal is every year because it's difficult to know when we get to the end of the year, if we have the money in there, then we make up whatever is uh, the difference between um, the 10% of our giving and then uh, what we haven't given to those mission organizations. So we, we usually uh, divvy that up and then give that out at the end of the year since we don't know where we're gonna end up at the end of the year. So that's how we handle that. Um, and so as you give, obviously we're gonna be able to meet needs and, and do those things as they uh, come up. So um, that's where your dollars are going uh, this year. Uh, if God... <laughs> Um, continues to, to bless us and no more of our ancient uh, rooftop units decide to quit working. Um, that's, that's, what's gonna, that's what's gonna happen. Now you, you may have noticed if you were paying careful attention uh, as we went through that, you notice that th- there's no money earmarked for um, remodel plans for uh, the building and, and grounds. And there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, because we could have a budget this year of a million dollars. To, to try and do all that kind of stuff. But we knew that was way outside of, of, uh, of possibility here for where we're at. Um, and, and so w- what's happening right now is um, Ray is in contact with some uh, contractors and some companies that are coming in and looking at some of the things that need to be done in the building that we are unable to do ourselves. Uh, like cutting the holes in the walls for the new front doors and that kind of stuff. Um, And so when he gets those bids in, we'll compile those things. Um, We've got some spaces in the building that aren't too far from kind of being done. Uh, There's a couple rooms down in the kids uh, area that like just need to have ceiling work done. and then the, the walls prepped, a little bit of masonry work in there. 
uh, painting and carpet, and then those, those rooms will be basically done the way we envisioned them being um, completed. So as, as that information comes in, um, Ray and I'll look over that, and then we'll begin to, to set out, okay, it's gonna take X number of dollars to finish this room, and here are the things that need to be done, and we'll have a better idea of uh, what that's gonna look like as we go uh, along. We hope to have those excuse me, those lists in the next couple of months. And so um, as, as money comes in, if we're making budget, then anything over that is gonna go to um, just taking care of the building and, and like checking off the next few things that uh, come up on the list. So that's, um, that's where we've been. That's kind of where we're at and what we're looking at um, this year. Uh, so in, in early um, December last month, I met with all of our uh, staff people and we talked about the end of the year. We talked about the beginning of 2024 and um, everybody really pretty much shared the same thing, a, a desire to see more of our people, that's you, involved in ministry in, in some way. You know, we, we do have um, several of you serving in different ministries throughout the church, um, but there's always a lack there. And there's always more people that we could use to be serving in different areas of, of the church. And so this series that we're gonna be in in January called We Are The Church really comes as a result of that meeting and those conversations that we had around the conference table. When God called Abraham, so you gotta go back to the Old Testament, back into early chapters of Genesis around Genesis chapter 12. When God called Abraham just out, out of this obscure place, like, like nobody knew anything about Abraham. We didn't, we didn't know he existed. And, and then Genesis just says that, that, that God called to Abraham in Ur of the Chaldees, he called him out of his homeland and into a place that he was gonna lead him, a, a place of, of promise, the, the holy land in, in Israel. And God told Abraham that, that he was gonna make him into a great nation. And um, that, that, was, that was really cool. In fact, it's an incredible story as you read it because Abraham's wife, Sarah, was barren. And so they didn't know how God was gonna, like just had this promise, but they didn't know how he was gonna do that. But it was a really cool scene because God's talking to Abraham. He said, hey, I'm gonna make you into a great nation. And through you, through your offspring, all the people of the world will be blessed. Now that's, that's a pretty big deal, isn't it? To, to, to say, for somebody to say to you, hey, I'm gonna use your life to touch the lives of every single person in the entire world. That's, that's, a, that's a big deal. So God calls Abraham out of obscurity. I'm gonna bless everybody in the world through you. And, and, then, and then Abraham's line kind of, kind of falls off, right? Like they, they go to Egypt eventually with Joseph and, and, then, and then they become slaves 250 years and they're in Egypt about 400 years. And, and then God calls Moses out of the wilderness and he calls Israel out of slavery in, in Egypt to fulfill the promise that he had made to Abraham to, to bless all the people. And, and so God like makes it clear to the people, hey, the, the story that I started writing with Abraham, I'm continuing, like I'm fulfilling the promise that I made to him, that, that this promise, the story, it hasn't, 
changed. And so Israel now, Abraham's offspring come Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob gets the name changed to Israel. Israel as a nation comes out of slavery in Egypt. And God says, I want you to be a nation of priests, a nation of priests that would then lead all the other nations of the world to know and worship God. So with Abraham, he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bless everybody in the, person, in, in the world through you. And then when he calls Israel, he says, okay, Israel, you as a nation are gonna be a nation of priests. And then through you, <clears throat> I'm gonna reach every nation of people in the entire world. So that story just continues. In, in the New Testament, in 1 Peter 2, 9, we're, we're told that in, in King Jesus, we are a kingdom of priests. Who, who by that very name, like we all have an idea of what a, what a priest does, as a preacher does, a mediator between mankind and, and, and God. So bringing people to know, to love, to serve God. And, and so we're to be a kingdom of priests, Peter says. We're doing the same thing that Abraham's family was supposed to do and Israel was supposed to do, to bring people to know and to love and to worship God. And so that's why here at Real Life, our, our purpose, our mission is to help every person possible find real life in Jesus and look more like him every day. God's desire is that everyone would be involved in ministry because every one of us is a, is a priest. Every one of us is a minister. A kingdom of priests means a kingdom of ministers, a church of ministers who are each trying to look more like Jesus every day so that we can help others find real life in Jesus and look more like him every day and become a part of that cycle and be a priest, a minister to bring more people to Jesus. So over the next few weeks, we're gonna be looking at the ways um, that we can be priests and ministers and partners in the kingdom uh, ministry God has called us all to. So that's where we're going um, over the rest of this month. Um, so we've been talking about finance, we're talking about budget, and, and I had this question, why, why do so many of us tense up whenever anyone in the church talks about money? And, and so if you're one of those people who just kind of went, <laughs> then, okay, why do we do that? Why do we get tense when somebody in the church begins to talk about money? And, and I, you know, I kind of know the answer to that. It's, it's, not, it's not like there isn't reason to be skeptical of churches and finances. So from the tabernacle in the Old Testament to the temple in, in Jesus' day and to churches Today, we all know stories of, of pastors and, and churches who, who are living an extravagant lifestyle and, and they, have, they have grown budgets and it just seems like what they're after is, is, is money instead of ministry. Now, whether that's true or not, I, I, I don't know, but that's what it appears to us, right? We look at some of those um, situations and we go, my goodness, that's, there's probably a cap, right? There's probably enough. And we go, they don't probably need to make any more. Um, you don't need to have a multi-million dollar mansion as a, as a pastor in a church. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand that. Um, but, but we see that in, in our lives. And if we, you read through the scripture, you find out that in the Old Testament, there were, there were priests 
who were abusing their, their position and, and their power to line their own pockets. And in Jesus' day, we saw the same thing. And he kind of railed against that, against priests using their position just to make money. Um, and, and, and we see it today and it, and it kind of makes us bristle up. But I wanna tell you, man, there's lots of churches and there's just a tiny fraction of, of pastors and of churches who, who are doing that. Most pastors that I know are, are making an average of their congregation or below that in, in their salary. Um, and, and I'll just tell you, sometimes it's tough. I, I think for the first, um, gosh, maybe five years in, in planting real life, um, I, I maybe made thirty or $40,000 in, in those five years. And the first year, I, I maybe brought $5,000 home. We'd lived off of Andrea's salary, and thank goodness she, she had one. But, but I, I'm, I'm just telling you that sometimes we look at situations and, and we go, man, there's something wrong there. But the, but the vast majority of the time, pastors and churches are just trying to do the best and be the best stewards they can, and nobody's getting rich off of this. Um, I, I think really the reason we get skeptical uh, when churches talk about finances and bring, people bring up money, I, I think really it's because we've been taught to. Like it's what we learned just growing up. We learn to be skeptical of, of church and skeptical of, of pastors and, 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 and teachers. And, and so like, if you didn't grow up in the church, you, you maybe don't have that baggage. I, I don't know, I grew up in the church, so, so I understand that a, l- a little better. Um, if you didn't grow up in the church, maybe you had that idea. For some reason, maybe you didn't, I don't know. But if you, if you grew up in the church, I, I don't think this was an intentional thing that happened, but um, there's a good chance that, that you heard your parents talking about giving in, in some way. You heard your parents talking about how much money they were gonna give or what the church was asking for. Maybe a pastor got up and did a sermon on message or on money and you're driving home and you overheard mom and dad, let's just say talking about it. <laughs> we just could say complaining or arguing or whatever, but we're just talking, talking about it as kids. You know, that stuff filters in to us. And, and so my question is, how did your, if you grew up in church, how did your parents talk about finances within the, the church? And maybe a better question is, how did they handle that themselves in, in the church? Did they talk about it? Did, did they uh, bring it up outside of uh, Sunday mornings or outside of the drive on the way home? Like, how did they actually give to the church or give to God. Because a lot of the ideas that we have about giving to the church come from what was handed down to us through our, our parents. And so um, did, did your folks, or, or maybe, maybe you didn't grow up in the church or whatever, maybe ask yourself this question as I go through this, is this the way that I talk about giving to the church? So um, did, did mom and dad or grandma or grandpa or whatever, did they talk about giving financially to the church positively or negatively? Were they happy and excited about the things that the church was doing or were they talking about it negative? Like all they want are just more money or all they talk about is money. Like was giving to, to them was giving a, a joy or was it a, a chore? When, when your parents gave or other people in your family, did they, 
Did they give with intention, expecting their money to be used for the kingdom, um, to help people find real life in Jesus and look more like him every day, like, or whatever their church's missions was? Or, or did they just give because they felt obligated? Like this is something that's expected and I go to church, so I have to, I have to give and I have to, to do this. Um, did, did, your, did your folks, your grandparents or whatever, did they give a percentage of their income or was it just like an afterthought? So, you know, the preacher gets up and says, hey, we're gonna take an offering. You know, back in the day, they passed the offering buckets. And so everybody saw what everybody else was, was doing in their row or, or whatever. Like this, that's part of the reason we don't do it that way. And we want people to feel like I, I have to give, because I think a lot of people felt like I, I have to give, I had to dig in my pocket and pull out whatever, like whatever I have. And then I got to like, because people are watching, right? So I got to see, am I going to give all of it or just some of it? And so whatever I have, I'm going to give a little bit. I'm going to do it as quickly as possible as I don't want other people to, to see. Did, did, did mom and dad, did they give, did they feel like, or did they present this idea that they were giving to God? Or was it more like we're just giving to the church? I'm, I'm given to the pastor, I'm given to this ministry, or I'm given to this part of the, the church. Did, did mom and dad give with purpose or did they, did they give kind of pouty? You know what I mean? I mean I'm gonna give, but I eh, can't believe it. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like I gotta do this. I, I think if, if we as, as parents, as adults in, in our families, if we gave to God, if we gave to God with, with passion and, and with purpose and with promise, like we expected God to use what we give him to, to, to grow people and to change lives, to transform um, areas, I, I think it would change the way we and our kids thought about giving within the church. But to get to that point, I think we've got to change our minds about who or what we're, we're giving to. And I, I have to remember this too, because I, I can get caught up in this. So I'm gonna give you a, something to just kind of frame all of this stuff in. Because the reality is we don't give to the church, we give to God through the church. We don't give to the church, we give to God through the church. Let me give you some examples. Um, if I give because I like the music, or because I think one of the singers is hot, or because I like the, you know, I don't know, like the preaching, or I, I like the kids' ministry, or the coffee's good at that church, and I went to that other church down the street and the coffee wasn't very good, so I'm gonna go to this church. Now, if we give because I like the things that are going on, then, then we're not giving to God, we're really giving to ourselves, right? Because I'm going, I, I like this and I want it to continue, so I'm gonna give some money because of what I get in return. That's how everything else works, right? If, if, if I go into a store or I go into a movie theater and they change something that I don't like, I'm not gonna go back there. I'm gonna go to the one down the street that does it the way I like it to be done. So I'm gonna pull my money from there. I'm gonna give it to you. So you keep doing the th things the way I want you to do them. And if you don't do them that way, I'm gonna pull my money. I'm gonna stop going there. And that's the mentality we have in, in about everything in life, right? 
We, we, this is how we function in life, this is how we're trained, how we're taught to do it. If you don't like what's going on, you pull your money and you give it to somewhere that it is. And, and so if, if that's the reason we're giving it at church, because I like the music or I like this or I like that, if that's our mentality, then we're not giving to God, we're giving to ourselves. We're giving so that I continue to get what I want. If we give uh, like that, if we give to a church because we like the thir- things the church provides for us, then again, we're, we're giving to things that we like so we keep getting those things. I'm gonna reward you, church, to keep doing what I want you to, so I'm gonna give so that you keep doing those things I, I like. And, and honestly, God's not a part of that process at all. Like, where is God in there? If we're just giving to church to keep getting the things we like or so that the church keeps doing the things we, we want him to do, um, like that's been a part of the church history like since the beginning, really. Somebody walks in and says, I want you to keep doing this. And so I'm gonna give you a bunch of money so that I can ensure you're gonna keep doing that. But if you change that, then I'm gonna pull my money and I may leave and walk out of the church as well. I've been around in church a a long time Uh, as, as a pastor and as a preacher's kid growing up in church. I have seen this happen time and time and time again. Somebody's coming to church and everything is fine, but because of a change in mission or something, and they go, this, this isn't working anymore, and so we're gonna stop doing this. We're gonna start doing this so that we can reach more people and grow the kingdom more, and somebody's upset because grandma and grandpa gave to that thing, or so-and-so's name is on that, and if you change it, you know, you're offending those people, and they're gonna pull their money. And, and when we do that, like God's not a part of that, of that process. It's all a transactional thing between me and the church. And if I'm not getting what I want, then I pull and I walk away. Kind of the opposite of that. If we give because, just because we think the church needs it, like, oh, well, if I don't give, the church isn't gonna be able to do, you know, whatever. So it's, it seems better, right? It seems like a better way to give. Well, I, I know the church needs to do this. And so I'm gonna give money to that thing because the church needs it. But, but really then we're, we're taking the focus off of the ministry of the whole church and we're putting all these menial things that, that we need. And, and I gotta tell you, as, as a growing up in church and going to Bible college, and if you listen to church stuff out there, that there are, there are people are telling us as pastors that we need to create problems within the church because people give to problems. People will give to, to meet a need. So we, he's like, I've heard guys say, you always gotta have another challenge. Like, oh my goodness, we need to do this. And if we don't do this, we're not gonna be able to reach people because people give to, to need. But when we give to need, when we focus just on those menial things, then we're forgetting about the rest of the ministry. We're giving to the church alone. If, if we give because that's what we're expected to do, because I know when I come to church, I'm supposed to give, or, or because we feel like we're asked to do it because the preacher gets up and says, hey, I need you to, to give, then again, we're not giving to God. We're, we're giving to make ourselves look good or feel good. I'm gonna give because if I don't, I'm gonna feel bad about it. And then that's about us again and not God. When we give to God, two things happen. 
The first thing is that we acknowledge what God has already provided. So when we, when we give to God, not to the church and not to the ministries that we like and not to the, the, the problems or the menial things, but when we give to God, we acknowledge what God has already provided for us. Like, like that we have to do that. If we're giving to God, we have to say, God, I recognize what you've already given me. And I think this is especially true if you're practicing percentage giving. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But if you're practicing percentage giving especially, you've got to acknowledge what God has already done for you. God, you've already given me these things. And so now I'm going to give a portion of that back to you in thanksgiving because of what you've done. So if we give to God, the first thing that happens is we acknowledge what God has already provided and then we give with thanksgiving because of it. The second thing that happens is that we trust God, we have to trust God to continue to provide and, and give a portion, we give a portion in expectation. So we gotta acknowledge what he's already done and then give in thanksgiving. And then we gotta trust God moving forward to continue to provide for us like he has in the past. And so we give a portion of what he's given in expectation. God, I, I've seen that you've met my needs here, so I'm gonna trust that you're gonna meet my needs there. Um, and, and, and these things, th these two things, they don't happen when we just give to the church, when it just becomes this obligation or I'm just giving to this menial thing or just whatever, they, 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 don't, they don't happen. Um, but if we consider our gifts, our financial gifts as gifts to God, we have to acknowledge all that he's already given to us and then trust that he'll continue to give. When we give to God, we grow to be more thankful and more generous. Now, why am I talking about this? Well, because we need to hear it. Because giving is a part of our faith journey. It's a part of our process. Just like we take communion, just like we sing, just like we pray, just like we listen to message. Giving is a part of the spiritual disciplines that we develop as we look more like Jesus every day. Jesus gave, we give. Um, it, it's not, um, we're not talking about this this morning because the church is in the hole. I, I just showed you the, the budget. We're not in the, in the hole. We're, we're doing okay. Um, we have a solid, I think, doable budget for this year. Like nothing is outlandish or, or crazy. I, 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 think, I think God's gonna bless us and we're gonna make that. So we're, you're not hearing this because there's a problem or there's a deficit or anything like that. You're hearing it because w we need to be reminded of, of how to give because it's a part of how God works in our lives to grow. It's how, it's how we become more generous. Um, it's how we become more thankful. By, by giving. So I, I wanna quickly share something. It's been a lot of years since we have done this at um, a real life, but it's really felt like it was, it was time to bring it back up. So if you've been coming for um, quite a few years, this is gonna be something you've probably heard before. Um, if you're new to real life, you've probably never heard this um, before. And so uh, just uh, here it is. Um, I wanna share with you something that, that we call the three month tithe challenge. So if, if you're ready, like if you're just sitting there this morning going, man, okay, I, I know I need to give. I, I know I ought to give to God and I want to be thankful and I want to be generous. Th this is a way for you to do that. 
to develop thankfulness and generosity. Um, this is a way to make that, that happen. And really, like financial giving is the only thing in scripture that God says to put him to the test in. And every other place you look at, God says, don't test me. Don't, don't try to, you know, make sure I'm gonna bless, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna do whatever. But when it comes to finances, God says, okay, in this area, you can test me and see if I'm gonna do what I promised I'll do. So here's how um, it works. First of all, you commit to giving 10% of your, um, of your income to God through the church. Now, um, I, I'm, I don't like getting into the weeds here. So gross or net or whatever, I, I just don't like that. In fact, when the Bible talks about percentage giving, it talks about giving from increase. That's the word that is used. As you have increase, a financial increase into your life, then you give to God a portion of that. So on the first and the 15th of every month, I have personal increase into my life that lets me pay the bills and do the things. And so I give based off that. And, and it's once a month for Andrea. So we give based on that um, increase. And so you commit to give 10% for the next 90 days, and then you follow through with it. And then, and then you do it. Whatever that number is for you, you do it. You see how God um, shows up to make ends meet how he shows up supernaturally as you trust him financially, as you give with thankfulness. It, it will probably require you to be more intentional about what you do with the 90% that, that's left over from that 10%, but that's kind of the point that we all could be a little better stewards of what we have. And so the, the way we say it in church world for a long time, God can do more with 90% when you're faithful in this to him. He can do more than not, with 90% than you can do with all 100%. So it's part of how that um, goes. So um, you uh, might have to adjust that 90%, um, but, but it can be a really huge time of growth. Like all of us could use a chance, just kind of look at the budget again, like it's tax time coming up in a few months. We could all use uh, like to look through that a little bit and be a little more discerning about that. Now, um, there's no pressure from us as, as a church, right? Like nobody's gonna be like, oh, great job. Oh, you didn't do that. And so you're not worth here, whatever. Um, there, there's, there's none of that. The, the three month tithing challenge is, is for you. It's for you to grow and to be more generous, to be more thankful and to trust God and to, to see him work um, in, in your life. Uh, so it's for you, it's not for us. But if you choose to do it, you need to complete it. If you choose to do it, you need to complete it. And if you give the full 10% for the full 90 days here at Real Life, and at the end of that time period, you don't think it was worth it, or you don't feel like God like blessed you or God showed up in your life, um, blessed your faithfulness any, in any way. At the end of that 90 days, if you gave 10% and like if you give 8%, it doesn't work, okay? <laughs> Just so you know, you gotta give 10%, you gotta give it the full 90 days. And if at the end you did everything you were supposed to and you're just like, this stunk, like this didn't work at all, we'll give you your money back. We'll give you all the 90 days, we'll give you your money money back. Like we, we believe that it's that powerful of a thing 
that, that we're willing to say, if you do this and you commit to it and you're faithful for the full 90 days and you don't think God showed up, we'll step in and we'll give you your money back. Now, over the last 16 years, we've probably had, I don't know, 30 families or individuals um, take this challenge and we've never had to give um, money back. Now, I, I've had people come to me um, after they started it and they've said, look, these like catastrophic things happened and I can't fulfill it, um, but I don't want anything back. I just want you to know I can't keep doing that. Like, okay, like this is for you. It's not for us. So whatever, you're going to have to do whatever you feel like you need to do. Um, but every person who has done it has said they've grown. They've seen God work in, in their lives through the challenge. And, and it is a challenge, especially if you've never done it before. It is absolutely a challenge, but you'll know that it's working because mm, Satan's going to come after you. Isn't that a great way to start a challenge? Like, hey, this is gonna be great. It's gonna be hard and you're gonna hate it. Uh, it's gonna be terrible. Uh, but it could also be really good. Like we've had people start the challenge and then lose their jobs, but not lose their hope in God and continue. They just adjust the 10% and they keep giving through that and, and God's been faithful in it. So if you, if you want to participate, I'll be around over the next 90 days to help coach you through. You'll get some emails and things like that to, to just help you and keep you focused um, in that. But you need to register so that we know um, who's doing it, who's participating, so that we can send those emails to the right people um, at, at the right time. And we need to know you're doing it because if you just show up in 90 days and go, hey, it didn't work, <laughs> I'm gonna go, well, sorry for you. We didn't know you were doing it. We didn't know what was going on. We couldn't keep track of that. So um, you, you got to register to do it. And so it's real, it's real easy um, on your phone, your desktop or whatever. Go to reallifecc.us, click the orange icon. There's an option in there that says three month tithe challenge. If you click that, there's a few questions to ask. One of those questions is when do you want to start? Like maybe your payday doesn't come until the first of the month or whatever. So you're going to say when I want to start. And, and there's like all of the things you're committing to are in there. So you'll be able to see those and you've got to like, it's required for you to accept the challenge um, and, then, and then move through that. Um, so reallifecc.us, that orange icon, go through that process if you, if you choose to, if God moves your heart. Um, but, I, but I want you to know, again, this is just part of like we are the church and it takes all of us to be a part of what God is doing. And if you wanna grow and if you, it, 2024, and you wanna see what God might do, there's that option for you. We wanted to make you aware of, okay? Let's pray. God, thanks for loving us and um, just thank you for partnering with us in, in not just some aspects of our lives and the things that we're doing, but in every aspect of our lives. You call us to be partners with you. And, and, and in every one of these aspects, we, we bring a little bit to the table and then you take over and bring everything else. And the same thing is true in, in our giving. We bring a measly 10% and, and sometimes less than that. And, and we bring it to you and, and you do things that we couldn't imagine through that. And, and so God, if, if there are folks here this morning who are, who are feeling that urge, that, that nudge, whatever, to, to give this a shot this morning, I, I pray that you would just help them see it through, that you would reveal yourself to them through this, that there would be just unexplainable and unimaginable things that would happen in their lives over the next 90 days. 
And I thank you for your faithfulness in, in this and your willingness to, to allow us to test you and to try it and to um, see that it's gonna work. And um, so God, just, uh, just pray that, um, that, that we do it, that we'd be faithful, that we'd learn to be more generous and more thankful for what you have given and with what you have given as we um, move forward. I thank you for everything you did uh, through us and in us over the last year and look forward to exciting things that are gonna happen in 2024. So thanks God for loving us. Thanks for giving to us and the opportunity to partner with you in giving as well. In Jesus' name, amen.